I'm Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners or really anyone drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives. In today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure and honor to chat with Kristen Dornbos. Kristen's story of perseverance and basically choosing running by making tough decisions for her health is inspiring. Her positive energy and love of humankind really shine in everything she puts out, whether it's in her miles, as a massage therapist, or now as the creator of Paper Trails Greeting Company, a greeting card company that focuses on celebrating all runners' achievements. So a big welcome to Kristen Dornbaz. I'm really excited to speak with Kristen. I think that our experiences are similar in that we haven't always been runners, um, but we've, I guess, uh, found healing through running in a way. And um, I'd love to kind of connect on that level. So how long have you been running, Kristen? I think that about sums it up. Um, I have been running for about five years now. Um, yeah, which is weird to say, but um, here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, time flies, right? Yeah, I know it's crazy. And then when like you're you you finally accept that you are a runner, you're like, yeah, five years I've been doing this, but sometimes I forget like how it started. Like, yeah, that's yeah. great. We were just talking about like, you know, my 12 minute miles and how that pace was right for me then. And, you know, things change along the way. Yeah. I still very much feel like a newbie runner. Like, oh, I'm new to this. I've never, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing really. But like, then you say five years and you're like, oh, that's like half a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think about it like that, it's like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess maybe I'm not a super new runner, but Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so what, um, what was the catalyst? What got you into running? What made you say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put on my sneakers and see what the, what this is all about. Um, so I actually started running when I was 25 or 26. Um, I was living in Alabama at the time. So like after I graduated college, I moved down to, um, Southern Alabama, like Gulf coast area, um, for a job. And I didn't really like know anybody. Um, I was basically just like working and then would come home to an empty house and then go to work and come home and go to work and come home. And it was like this really super weird kind of lonely time in my life where like, I didn't really have any friends. Um, and I also, um, yeah, just didn't, didn't have a lot of like hobbies or anything. And I felt like I just needed something to kind of like channel my energy or spend my time on. Um, and that was also just kind of a really dark time for me as far as like dealing with health issues and um, feeling like um, really hopeless in that, in that area. And so I felt like running was sort of this thing that um, I was able to control in a sense. It was something that allowed me to kind of take back power over my body when I felt like things were kind of spiraling out of control for me in that way. Um, running was something positive that I could do with my body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it started, uh, basically like, oh gosh, I don't even think I ran outside, um, for the first like year. <laughs> 
so I would do little like walk runs in the little fitness center that was at my apartment complex, which was literally just like a room that had a treadmill and some weight machines and a water cooler. It was super janky. And (laughs) I would like see how far I could run, which was at the time, like half a mile. And I felt so proud. And then I would make it to one mile and I was so proud. And it took me like a really long time to build up. Um, And I, I wonder too, like how much of that was just being on a treadmill and like mentally being just bored of it. Yeah. But I also wonder, you know, I'm not a super, like I grew up in Michigan and I'm not a super, um, I'm not super acclimated to all the heat and humidity of Mm. like being down South. And so this was like in the summer in Alabama and, um, I don't know, it was like sort of somewhat air conditioned, but not really. So I don't know, but, um, it just, it kind of grew from there from like, oh, this is something that I just do every once in a while to kind of like fill some time to like, oh, wait a second. Like I can actually run one mile or two miles or three miles. And I realized like, oh, I could maybe train for a race or I could train to do something or I could be more intentional about how I'm pursuing this and actually like take it further. So Yeah. So, you know what I always find, I have so many, like, I'm excited to chat with you and I have so many questions, but something that I thought of just now is like that transition from like treadmill to road. And suddenly um, you're like, oh yeah, I can run on the road. Like all these myths about me smashing my knees apart. And I'm like, they're not (laughs) actually true. Yes. Yeah. It took me a while to actually get out on the roads even. And I think, um, the first that I was brave enough to do it was when, um, I moved back from Alabama to Michigan because I, the, okay. So first of all, the sidewalks in Alabama were like, I don't know. It was just, it was like hazardous. Like you have like, you're in the deep South and you have all of these super old, huge trees that are like, the roots are like coming up, like, coming up from the sidewalks and it's, I don't know, it just was, I did not feel like I could be doing that. And like, nobody really runs down there either. So like running in the actual road was not something that I felt safe doing because cars don't know how to deal with runners either. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick with the treadmill for now. I'm going to do what's safe. And then when I move back, (laughs) then I can run on the sidewalks and the roads and like, open myself up to like being outside and everything. So why Alabama from Michigan to Alabama? Um, yeah, I basically went down there for a job. Um, I, um, I went to school for music and, um, my senior year of college, I went around, um, with this group of, uh, I think there was like five or six of us in this band. And, um, we, did sort of like a tour down there of a bunch of different like churches that were kind of associated with the college that we went to. And one of them ended up kind of pursuing me and saying like, Hey, like you should come down here and do music with us sometime. We can fly down here for this event and have you do a live concert or whatever, you know, um, things like that. And we got to know each other. And when they offered me a job, it was actually part-time, um, at a church down there. Um, but I had just graduated and I was, um, I, at the time I was like super 
like just, I just was desperate and needed the job and stuff because I was like fresh out of college. And I was working at this law office in Grand Rapids where, um, where I graduated school and it was terrible. Like it was the most like soul sucking, like eight to five, like paperwork kind of legal job. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. Just not. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't for me. Um, and when they offered me the job and they were like, well, so here's the thing, like we can pay you somewhat. It's part-time it's, you know, a thousand miles away from where you are right now. (laughs) And you know, us kind of a little bit at the church, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really know anybody else. I mean, they offered it to me and I was like, okay, sure. Like, let's do it. (laughs) So it was this big, like, I don't know, leap of faith type of thing. And it ended up being like, I committed to probably a year down there. Um, and it, I mean, it wasn't the best fit, just like being in Alabama, like culturally, I was kind of a fish out of water. And, um, I found that, you know, doing music as a job was not something that I really wanted to do, but, um, yeah, being down there for like a year, it was definitely experience. So. Well, I feel like, um, I feel like you could go either way with something like that. Be afraid and say, um, no, or, you know, see what it's about. And I think that's great that, that you went, you saw what it was about and it was not something you were interested in, in the end and, and boom, done. And in the meantime, you started running, which is a, which is a pretty cool takeaway from your time down there. But you had mentioned that, um, that you were battling some, some health issues. So, um, I know a little bit about your story, but um, you. But t- tell me more. So, what what health issues were you were you dealing with, and and where'd you go from there? Yeah. So, um, throughout like end of high school, early college, I was dealing with a lot of GI issues that were pretty like unknown. And I want to say 2015 or 2016, um, I was diagnosed with exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which is um, basically like a really fancy term for like my pancreas doesn't produce enough of the enzymes that break down food. And so um, it was just causing a lot of issues. And um, it was something that we couldn't really at the, at the time, like point or pinned down as far as like exactly what was happening and how to deal with it. And so I moved down to Alabama and, you know, a lot gets like, a lot falls through the cracks when you're like changing healthcare providers and things like that. And so um, I ended up being in this place where, um, you know, I had all of that going on and I had basically no support system and no like no way of really understanding like how to manage it or how to treat it. And, um, yeah, it kind of got me into like a really dark place with that where I just, um, I wasn't functioning super well. I wasn't doing super well. And, um, yeah, I think running was a really big part of like what kind of brought me out of that, um, mentally and physically. Um, and I did, I ended up moving back to Michigan partially because of that and partially because of the whole job thing. But, um, yeah, yeah. it was a pretty short, I mean, a a year when you're in it, it's, it feels long, (laughs) but it was actually like a pretty short season of my life that I look back on now and I'm like, Oh, like that was just this quick little, like 
quick little year in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. But significant. I mean, uh, we all, I guess like when, um, so Izzy was on chemo, um, for 14 months and, um, I didn't go through what she did. Right. So I, I wasn't the one on chemo, but the amount your life can change in 14 months the amount your life can change in a year in Alabama because you've had to grow, you've had to change. Um, so a year can be a significant amount of time. I actually, you know, what's funny is, uh, so this is being recorded today is March 13th. Mm-hmm. It was a year ago today that Izzy had her last day. Is it the 13th? No, sorry, the 12th. <laughs> I'm in a time warp. It's like the COVID time warp. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a year ago today that Izzy had her last regular school day you know oh. so much can change yeah so so much so much growth to, if you allow it right right yeah how did it manifest itself what were you dealing with that was just like that was either I need to I need to figure this out or um because I I have um one of my best friends deals with chronic illness um mm-hmm. one of those kinds of chronic illness where you don't know what's related to what. And she's seen so many different doctors and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even believe her when they tell, when she tells them that, you know, this is happening. They say, okay, it's in your head or it's because you're depressed. And she's like, I'm not depressed. Well, maybe I am because I'm dealing with this crap and people like you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and that is a huge struggle. So I, I think of her often. Um, I mentioned it, I think, uh, in my in, when I was chatting with Holly, who you know, um, yeah. I run for her. You know, I run thinking about people who are not entirely able-bodied, and I don't worry about like my knee pains and all of that. So, what were, how was, how was your illness manifesting itself, and how do you even start running when you're having all these like digestive issues? Yeah, that's, it's the weird dichotomy of like the mental and the physical. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, like, because I had been, you know, in and out of so many doctor's offices and so many of them were like telling me, you know, either telling me different things or telling me like, you know, everything looks fine. So, you know, you should be okay. And everything was not fine. And, um, I think part of me, I really started to think like, okay, maybe this is in my head. And like, maybe, maybe I am just kind of like, I don't know, not, not like making it up, but like, maybe this is in my head and I'm like making it worse than it actually is. And, um, I think part of me was like, you know, it doesn't really matter if I start running or if I start doing this because I guess. I can do whatever I want <laughs> and, and like, I can do what I want with my, with my own body, you know? And, and if for some reason it becomes something that I can't do anymore because of all these health issues, like, okay, then so be it, you know? But if it ends up being this thing that I enjoy and want to keep doing, then I'll keep doing it, you know? Um, so I think part of it was like me minimizing my own stuff and saying like oh well that doesn't matter and like 
I don't know. It really did because then later everything kind of like fell apart and, um, yeah, running kind of exacerbated a lot of things that were going on and, um, caused a lot of really dangerous, uh, you know, weight loss and injuries and, um, bone density issues and vitamin and mineral deficiencies and just nutritionally, like things were super, super off. Um, because I let myself start doing that, you know, but I think for me, it was like a lot of denial for a while, you know, like, meh, they're probably right. It's probably in my head. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of denial. I mean, and, and you can't blame yourself either because what, what are you going to do? Right. You have professionals telling you, well, you look yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You look normal. You look fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's such an incredible thing. Cause then at the same time, if you really look back, would you have gotten to a place where you're working through your, your health issues had it not been for running? Like would have been, would things have pronounced themselves as such as soon as they did? It's such a like, you know, like, right. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like running was what made it all so much worse at that time. But I mean, at the same time, like, would I have have known what was going on if it weren't for running, making that apparent? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. And then like the chicken or the egg. Yeah. And then running (laughs) after, after you're, you've figured all this stuff out, running helps you heal again. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really cool. I think Mm -hmm. that's actually really lovely. Um, in in the sense that, that you've found a healthy way to channel everything, um, and, and understanding your, and I guess in a way for me, running has helped me, um, appreciate my body more and Mm -hmm. know my body more, know what, what I can and can't do on any given day, depending on how well I ate or how well I slept or emotionally where I am. And yeah, for sure. Been that for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, to some extent, I mean, yeah, I feel very much in tune with my body and I can kind of feel when like an injury is coming on or I can feel when, um, when I need to take a day off. Um, I even, I have like these stupid little rules for myself of like, you know, if I get five hours or less of sleep, if if I am underneath that threshold, that's like an automatic, like take the day off. Um, if I puke more than three times in a day, I'm taking the day off, like (laughs) X, Y, and Z. If I meet those criteria, taking the day off, but, but then also like, like, you know, I feel pretty in tune with my body to like, know when I don't feel normal, when, what, what, what feels normal to me and what doesn't in terms of not only running, but then also, um, you know, the digestive issues and the the things that are, um, more of like a a chronic issue for me. So, yeah. And it's really incredible. And to know where you are at, where to push yourself. And it takes a lot of, um, accountability because I know that maybe sometimes some of the things that runners do is we push ourselves when we know we shouldn't and (laughs) able to have that restraint knowing that in the end it'll pay off. Like the payoff Mm -hmm. is 
that I can do this again another day. You started, so you started running in Alabama and then, you know, you were working through some of your digestive health issues and you kind of, um, things kind of spiraled mm-hmm. guess, sort of because of running. So what, what was next from there? So, um, I moved back from Alabama to Michigan where I grew up, um, in 2017 in the spring, spring, summer. Um, and things went downhill, um, pretty quickly. Like I had lost a ton of weight. Um, I was, you know, still running, but like not feeling good at all. Um, and I developed my first ever, um, running injury, which was a stress fracture of my pubic bone, which was like, so, you know, like the, the, like long flat part of the pubic bone that goes across the pelvis. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the bone that I broke. Um, it was like super painful, but, um, so I had that going on. Um, I just, and at the time, yeah, I didn't really know fully like the extent of the damage that was being done, but I, I just had a ton of other like crazy symptoms too. I had a lot of like my hands and feet would go, you know, all numb and tingly. Um, I had a lot of like headaches, a lot of issues with just like being super, super tired and not having any energy and thinking that, 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 that was in my head too. Um, and I mean, I knew basically like, okay, yeah, I have this condition, but like, I guess I just didn't really have the awareness at the time that like, it wasn't really being managed in a way that was like sustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because I mean, all these injuries that you had are typical of what you hear from, especially women who are not getting proper nutrition. So basically that's yeah. what's happening to you because you had GI issues. Mm-hmm. You just weren't getting the right nutrition. Right. And I think there was also some, um, you know, when you, when food of any kind makes you feel sick, mm-hmm. um, there was also in me like this fear of it. And you know, that even got out of hand to where, um, you know, I would say it was probably like, probably eating to sort of level of just like restricting because I didn't, I didn't want to put myself through that. And I didn't want to put myself through like, you know, when everything that goes into your mouth makes you feel terrible, it's like so hard to force yourself to eat. And so, um, and I don't think I've ever shared that like publicly before, but I think that, um, you know, in some ways, like I, I do think I have, I had previously had some sort of like disordered eating behaviors that came from just being so, um, it just, it's been messes with your mind, you know, like when you, um, when the thing that is supposed to be sustaining you is like making you actively sick. Um, it, it just messes with you. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I can only imagine how, how, when it just makes you feel sick, there's just so, of course it's going to mess with your head. There's just so much going on that's tied to, like you said, nutrition, the things that's the thing that's supposed to sustain you and bring you joy and help bring you life. Mm -hmm. So where do you go from there? 
Um, so I had a lot of help, um, in, so I, I mean, I, I kind of came to with the, the whole stress fracture and everything. Like I came to this realization of like, okay, I need, I need help from like, you know, a, a specialist or a nutritionist or, you know, a dietitian or whatever, um, kind of crawled my way back to like a somewhat like minimally functioning, minimally healthy weight. Um, and was sort of living in this like in between area where, you know, my, my behaviors were normal again. And, um, my weight was somewhat normal. I mean, not for me, but, um, you know, on, on like the BMI chart or whatever, I wasn't mm-hmm. like any longer like being looked at as like a problem or a risk or anything. Um, and yet, like, I still continued to have like all of these problems. I didn't have regular periods. I didn't have, um, or I had like all sorts of, you know, the same symptoms I had, you know, continued to, um, just not perform well in my running. And then that following spring about a year after the first fracture, um, that was when I had a second one (laughs) and it was literally, it was the same exact bone, but on my right side. Um, and like, that was kind of the wake up call for me that was like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing like everything that I can here to like normalize my, my eating habits and to like get help with that and to, um, you know, try and maintain a healthy weight and nutrition status and everything. But like, I just can't, I physically could not do it. Like I could not keep up with the demands Mm -hmm. of living life and running while having this, you know what I mean? And so that second stress fracture was kind of the wake up call for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, long story short, I ended up getting, um, surgery that fall. Um, I had a feeding tube placed, um, that helps kind of pick up the slack for, you know, what that, what doesn't get absorbed because of the whole pancreatic issue. Um, and that has completely changed my running and my body and everything. Um, my health is in a totally different place. And even, I feel like my, my mind and my brain are just like totally different. I mean, it's weird to, to say, but I feel like my entire, my entire brain has like rerouted itself. I feel like, um, because when you're living in that state of like being deprived, you like, can't think straight. (laughs) I don't know. It's just like, yeah. So anyway, I feel like a totally different person. Um, I look very different. Um, I'm, I mean, doing very different things, you know, I'm running marathons and doing triathlons and like running higher mileage and and lifting consistently and lifting really heavy and, um, doing all of these things that I just couldn't do before, um, which is awesome. So, yeah. What I, my takeaway from there is you had a choice, right? You either, um, give up running right? Because I mean, that was always a choice, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was always a choice, but you chose, you chose this thing that makes you feel good and making it better. 
Mm-hmm. That that is a tremendous takeaway to me. I think that is. <laughs> I I described I describe optimism as not blindly having this positivity. Oh well, everything's gonna be fine. That whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, everything's okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I think that's like a sort of blind positivity. Optimism to me is knowing that shit's gonna suck and (laughs) (laughs) occasionally right um but you have the power to make decisions to make it suck less Mm -hmm. and come out the other side better and stronger and you have yeah yeah that's so true it's like so I love what you said about like not putting the blinders on right but like I could have chosen to just like stop running, but there's no guarantee in that, that that's going to like fix all of my problems, you know? And so to me, it was like, okay, well, I'm already headed down this path. I'm already headed in this direction. So I guess positivity for me was like, well, then let's, let's take off the blinders and take full account of like everything, right? All of the challenges that I face and all of the shit that I have to overcome and then move forward from there, choosing to just keep going on this path that, that I want, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's to, for me, it has never been about running less. It's been about trying to live my life more and live more fully. And so how can I do that? I mean, I, I didn't really know, like at the time I didn't have obviously like a crystal ball to see like what would happen after I got the, t- the feeding tube. It was like very much a risk and very much a, something that I walked into thinking like this could be good or it could be really bad. <laughs> but, um, I mean the t- the changes that it has brought have been definitely worth it. So. Yeah, I think, you know, different. I, I draw parallels or I try to, to, I always try to empathize um, or draw parallels between what other people are struggling through and what I've seen Izzy struggle through. And it mm-hmm. has been in terms of her treatment, a lot of throwing like spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've had a lot of times where, where the spaghetti has stuck and, you know, we've still got, I mean, she's only seven, so we've got a, a, a ways to go, um, of spaghetti flinging, if you will. <laughs> um, but you don't know until you try it, but I mean, the decision you made is, was a huge one, a very, very huge one. And, um, but it seems like the payout has been equally as large. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I feel like there's a lot of people who could judge me if they wanted to like, oh my gosh, like how could you make that kind of a decision or how could you say yes to something like that? Or how could you, you know, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of people that wouldn't make that same decision. And there's a lot of people, I do get like trolls in my, you know, DM inbox on Instagram who are like, oh my gosh, people are the worst. But, um, yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's like, that's a decision that I made and I'm, I can't unmake it. And so here I am like trying to just move forward. And, um, 
I mean, it's working out pretty well so far. So yeah, it's a, it's such a weird thing. Um, the things that people have opinions on, <laughs> just oh like, how can you have an opinion on somebody getting a feeding tube when it's helping them be stronger? And I mean, I see your Instagram, like the light you radiate and, and the joy that you share of life and running. I, I think that is what people should be taking away. Not that you have a feeding tube, but so that's so strange. Right. I don't know. It's this weird thing that like, I guess the tube in itself like attracts attention. Um, and a lot of like weird, weird conversations happen online. And I'm like, you know, people need to realize like you, you don't have anonymity online anymore. Like you can't just say anything to anybody because you think that they don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And I, I think, you know, there's a certain level of, of curiosity, I imagine. I mean, we yeah. in this house, we've seen all kinds of things. Like we've seen, we've seen tubies, we've seen NGs, we've seen all kinds of stuff. So, so, you know, we've, I guess, had the privilege of having our eyes open to a lot of stuff. Um, mm mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand that, uh, you know, not everybody has had that privilege of being able to see so many different things. So curiosity is one thing, but trolling yeah. is a completely different, a completely different animal. Yeah. I don't even understand. Do you think it's because, uh, is it because you're a woman? Is it because you're running? What do you think comes, where do you think this comes from? I don't know. I mean, I, like, I'm totally fine with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm totally fine with people asking questions if they're just like, Hey, like, I want to learn more about your experience. Like actually there's nothing that means more to me than like somebody I know and love asking me about my experience and like, what is this like for you? Or like trying to learn more about, you know, what I go through on a day-to-day basis or whatever. Um, but I think there's just this like weird, <sighs> maybe it's because it's online and people assume that like, like I said, that there's some level of anonymity or whatever. Um, but there, yeah, there's a lot of like really rude people out there who don't understand that like you don't get to just give your opinion on a stranger's most personal choices. I don't know. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I think you making that choice for yourself and, and through this conversation, you've shown your strength and your strength and your um, belief in yourself, because to start running when you're in a new place um, on a rinky dink treadmill in the heat and then <laughs> translating that to road running while also working through all these health issues and finally taking control of everything. I mean, there's nothing to worry about. And I think that, that the more people see people with tubes or, uh, you know, bags or what have you, the more everybody can feel like, oh, I can also run. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I started running, how old am I now? I started running when Izzy, ooh. Has it been that long? I don't even know how old I am. I'm 38. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm 38. And I started running when Izzy was two. So it's been six years. 
I started running when I was 32. Um, and my story is different. And you know what? I remember last summer I ran in just my sports bra and like shorts because it was so hot. Yes. Like, yeah, because I'm 37 and I'm going to run in just my sports bra because it's hot because my mm -hmm. husband went out earlier today with no shirt on. Yeah. And was able to run with no shirt on because it's hot. And you know what? That's mm -hmm. a decision I'm going to make for myself to be comfortable. And I think that let's mainstream that shit. Let's, <laughs> let's like yes. spread that everywhere. <laughs> you know, run, run with your, your tubes out with whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's part of why I, why I am so vocal about it too, is like for so long when I began running, I felt like I was not this real runner because I was the quote unquote only one, right? I was the only one with this problem or that thing or that struggle or, and then for a while I was the only one that I saw with a feeding tube or any kind of like medical device, you know, and I'm the only one still in like my immediate circles who deals with, you know, chronic illness or any kind of like disability or anything. And so it was this like, well, if I'm hiding that, like there's, there's gotta be other people out there somewhere who are dealing with similar things or have similar things and want to be running or are running, but are just too afraid to like, let that, let that show, you know, it's like, I felt like I was this imposter for a while because I felt like such a weirdo in my own experience. And then I, I think I realized, you know, like those are, those are the things that actually like, no, the, the running community needs you. Yeah. Like, that that community and these people like need your voice out there and so you know whatever that is for you and I feel like most runners that I know or most yeah most runners that I know have something in their life that they feel like I'm the only one or I'm an outlier or I'm an underdog or I'm a whatever you know and like those are the things that it's so important to bring to the conversation and why are we hiding any of that? You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're, we're, we're coming to a head where I think in my circle, we're tired of seeing the same images, the same things over and over again. And mm -hmm. If we don't achieve that, then we are not, we don't belong in this space. And, yeah. um, it's time to to break all of that, especially for me. Um, you know, I didn't feel like a runner for a long time. And I, and I hear so many people who say, you know, I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time, you know, coming to terms with realizing that I am a runner. And, and it, to yeah. me, you put on your sneakers, you go for a run, you are a runner. It does not matter your pace. It does not matter your distance. It doesn't matter anything. You got out there and you're a runner. You belong. And if I see you yep. on the street running, I'm going to give you that, like, that head nod. <laughs> but, yes. But all knowing, like, hey. <laughs> I'm one of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But understanding. Um, and I will never know what that person's pace was or how long they'd gone out for. Um, right. And it's such a funny thing because the 
cost of admission to running shouldn't be so high, but then, you know, we've got, you know, the shoes and the this and the that, and that's, yeah. not even, that's not even it. The cost of admission is just, you know, shoes on your feet and clothes to wear out or at, on the treadmill. Um, running should be that. Running should be inclusive because it is the easiest sport to get into if you can. Yeah. So the more- It should be. Yeah. It should be. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. And I think the more people talk about these things and the more we see different faces and, you know, diversity in all, in all ways that humans can be diverse, then we're, we're making a change for, for all runners in the running community. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of feel like owning that, owning that belonging is, is in some ways giving other people the permission to belong, you know, whatever, whatever their situation is. So speaking of like positivity and running and making sure everybody belongs, I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about your business. Oh yeah. (laughs) So cool. So tell us a bit about paper trails, like from, from beginning to end, because I, I think that it's something, um, really fun. And I actually had an idea, uh, for afterward, after you explain what uh, paper trails greeting company is. Okay. Well, that's like literally the perfect segue because this is the little tagline that I put on my website. It's, it's what's on all of the packaging, everything it says, um, every runner deserves to be celebrated. Every runner belongs. Um, and, um, so paper trails is kind of my, um, it's my baby. It's my, um, my business. And I do greeting cards that are specifically for runners. Um, so basically I just got super sick of sending generic blank cards to my runner friends, um, because there's so much that you can say to runners and yet like it's never on a greeting card, right? Like they don't really make greeting cards that say like, congrats on your first marathon. Um, and so because it was something that I wanted, but didn't have, I was like, okay, I'm just going to create this myself. Um, and that was a big, um, a big project that I did over like COVID quarantine times. So like during the height of shutdowns and everything, (laughs) when I was kind of like grasping for anything and everything to fill my, my time and, um, headspace during that. So, um, yeah, paper trails is all about just celebrating runners and, um, creating connection for the running community and deepening connections with your running friends. I love it. And I love, um, your emphasis on snail mail because I think it is an art that has been lost. I think that there's, uh, something really to be said for a handwritten note. I mean, when Izzy has a birthday party, we send out handwritten thank you cards to oh that's so sweet and um i think that that extra time to send something in the mail really means a lot so i really love that about your company yeah i love getting snail mail and um it's so meaningful to me like even yesterday i got this um i got an envelope that it didn't even have like a return address or anything but um it just had all it was is like a three by five note card and it was, um, it said, um, it had a quote from Morgan Harper Nichols, who's like 
one of the most amazing like poets and um it just meant so much to me I was like I don't even know who sent this but I'm like in my room just like weeping and it was like two sentences um but just like the thought that somebody took the time to like write that for you and then put it in an envelope and like send it to you I don't know it just it's like such a tangible thing that makes you feel like you have this connection to another person and I don't know there's somebody like out there thinking of you like that's what who doesn't get the warm fuzzies when you think about that (laughs) yeah absolutely and I'm certain I'm not the only one but Izzy has two shoe boxes full and I I have about two or three shoe boxes full and I believe Marco I started a shoe box for him too full of cards that we've gotten Aww. like over the years like I have all of I love that the birthday cards and Valentine's Day cards and congratulations on graduating cards and Izzy has mm-hmm. like all her get well cards and people who've written her notes because then we can look back on them and say this person thought of me at this time. How sweet. Um, yeah. So I 100% agree. And I'm certain that I am not the only one with like shoe boxes full of cards somewhere in their house. I need to start doing that. I think I'm going <laughs> to, I think I'm going to start doing that because yeah, I get, I get snail mail a little bit. I mean, a fair amount and I've, I've never like kept it before, but I love that. I love the thought of just being able to like look back and see like, different specific moments in your life. Well, that's exactly it. Um, you know, I have cards from friends when Izzy was, first got sick and the words in them when I feel crummy about like, you know, whatever the trajectory is, um, I'll read that and remember that there was a time that was worse and I had all of this support. So I can, mm-hmm. I can keep moving forward. Um, so I, I love that. And I just had an idea the other day because I know I just got back to running after um, COVID. Today was my third day and I'm doing a mile a day. It's, it's all I can really do. How'd it go? <laughs> oh man. So on Wednesday, the first day, it was awful. So oh. I have asthma anyway. Um, yeah. So it was awful. I could not get my lungs to open up. Um, yesterday was better. Today was a lot better. I think uh, mentally, I was mentally, and I was I was in a better space because I in the morning I was able to smell the laundry that I was doing that I hadn't. Oh been yeah. So I'm disinfecting <laughs> the whole house like a crazy lady. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I opened the door to the laundry room and like got smacked in the face with the smell of like fresh laundry and I started crying because I was so worried that it would be a while oh. before I would be able to smell. Yeah. So it that put me in a better mental space. Um, a mile was still a struggle though. Like it just I, I can only do a mile. Yeah. I'm done at the end. Um, yeah. So I'm working on it, but I think you know I think in the greater running community. Um, there's a fear of not getting back to where you were post COVID. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there could be like a card that's like, Hey, you know, uh, you, you've got this post COVID recovery or something like yes. that. Yes. Or For even runners who are scared. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Post COVID or post injury or post baby or post anything. Yeah. I think there's a lot of those instances. Yeah. You're so right. 
yeah, where, you know, you're afraid of how this is going to change, change you. And, um, you know, one thing that I was thinking today is that, you know, if, if I don't, for whatever reason, I can't get back, which it doesn't seem that way. I think I got very lucky, um, that it just is what it is and, and I'll do the best with my running, but I guess similar to you, like quitting is not an option, just changing Mm -hmm. how I do it and changing, uh, looking the way I see running and the way I look at running is mm-hmm. where it's at. So, so you run um, Paper Trails Greeting Company, but prior to that, you were, you're a licensed massage therapist, sports massage mm-hmm. therapy. So I was just curious, how did you get into massage therapy and specifically sports massage therapy? Were you an athlete before or is it just kind of where your head went? Oh my gosh. Um, so I was not an athlete at all before. Like I did not do high school sports, college sports, anything. Um, and that did not really factor into the whole massage therapy thing. Um, I didn't get into massage actually until I had been running for a couple of years. I was in a career that I just wasn't super thrilled about. I was like, I don't think this is for me. Um, And so I decided to go back to school, um, to like a trade school basically for massage therapy. Um, because I just, I felt like, okay, I really, I, I know personally that I need something non-traditional in terms of hours. Like I, the the eight to five Monday through Friday thing is just like not my jam. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, you know, I, I really wanted to be like helping people in some way, but I also was like not about to go back to school for like nursing or something like that because I was like, I already have a four-year degree that I'm not going to use. I don't want to spend more money (laughs) on something. So, um, this ended up being, yeah, kind of like the happy, the happy medium for a lot of like a lot of things, um, and kind of like checked a lot of the boxes for me. Um, and you know, I really didn't, I didn't understand like at the beginning how much I would really love it and find fulfillment in it. I was like, you know, it's, it's a good job. Maybe it's like something that I don't have to be on a computer. It's got, you know, different work hours. I could, you know, work for myself. Um, there's not a ton of schooling. So like ABCDEFG, it checks the boxes. Um, And I think I'm going to go for that because I think I would like it. Right. Yeah. And I get into it and it, it just, honestly, it's been so like, so amazing to, um, to just like get deeper into this career where I feel very fulfilled and I feel like, um, I'm learning a lot and I'm helping people in, in some very specific ways that just make my heart really happy. (laughs) So, Yeah. Um, so I got my license in what, 2018, I think, um, I worked at a chiropractic office for a short time, um, pre COVID and, um, you know, with, with COVID kind of shaking everything up, I ended up leaving there and I'm now doing massage on my own. Um, I'm still, I'm not doing it a ton. So like, I'm still doing mostly just paper trails. Um, and massage is more of like the, the supplemental (laughs) income right now, um, because I don't want to be like in contact with too many people still yet. 
Um, I was lucky enough to get um, a vaccine in what February was my second dose. Um, And so, yeah, I am um, protected, but I don't, I also know that, you know, there's precautions that you have to be taking and you can't just, I don't know. I can't just be rubbing on like six people a day for five days a week and like (laughs) think that it's okay. So um, yeah, I'm still, I'm trying to be very smart about how I'm doing it right now, but, um, I'm really loving like the whole working for myself and being my own boss thing right now. And, um, yeah. So I, when I say like medical and sports massage therapist, that's more of like a specialty and like what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not any kind of specific certification. Every okay. massage therapist, as far as um, medical or relaxation or sports massage or like all of it is the same license. It's just what you, what area you end up kind of practicing in and, um, gravitating towards and and learning in as far as like continuing ed credits and stuff like that go. So, yeah. And how does that, so uh, the under having an understanding and more of a knowledge base on, um, you know, like, potential like muscle like muscle strains and stresses how is that has that helped you kind of manage your running and anything that kind of comes with like your any like normal aches of everyday running wear yeah I think um having like some really basic knowledge of anatomy and being able to name the specific muscles and like Mm -hmm. feel something and like know that when I move my leg this way in this manner. Oh, that's that muscle. So this is what's hurting me. And, um, I don't know, it helps me be a little bit more rational about it. Whereas before I would have been like, Oh my gosh, like (laughs) I have, I have another broken bone or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I just would be so worried. And so anyway, um, having more knowledge, I feel like has kept me uh, a little more chill with my own injuries and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I hadn't even thought of it that way. I'm just thinking about like all the little things that like hurt me. And I'm like, is that ligament? Is that muscle? Is that like entirely broken? But I hadn't even thought of how it has potentially become for you another way for you to take control of your health, which I mean, just, it speaks volumes to the kind of person you are. Um, A person who perseveres and finds the best ways to, to come out on top. Hmm. So thanks. You're welcome. I, um, yeah, I hadn't even made that connection and I'm, I love like super geeking out on biology and anatomy and that sort of thing. I go kind of like, same. Yeah. Yeah. So I just find that fascinating and I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go from back to school and get my license. Cause that sounds, it's really sounds fascinating. It is so interesting. And I feel like, um, I don't know. It's really given me this like super deep appreciation for like the human body. And I don't know. I mean, I like, I have literally been up close and personal with people of all sorts of shapes and sizes and races and genders and ages and body types and different levels of like ability and disability. And it just is like, I don't know if, if you ever have any kind of like body issues or something like go into massage therapy because you're going to see everything and it's going to like give you such a great appreciation for 
how beautiful the human body really is like, and not in a creepy way, but like, gosh, we are all just so different and so unique. And I think that's the most amazing, awesome thing in the world. I totally hear you. I, um, I feel like sometimes when I'm running, I will stop and really think about this incredible machine that's propelling me forward. That like I personally, not in a vehicle, not on anything, me and these legs, this body is taking me X amount of miles. That's like, that's mind blowing. And one of those things that you think on like those nice long runs and you kind of just keep going over it. And before you know Mm -hmm. it, like, oh, I'm, you know, two hours into this. Cool. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The human body is amazing. And I think that um, we should all appreciate what it can do um, and it can do well. Um, And sometimes the human body does things like, you know, your pancreas decides not to do what it it should be doing, but (laughs) you still appreciate the rest and what it can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have had an absolutely amazing time chatting with you. I am so taken (laughs) aback and so inspired by you. and so thankful that I reached out. And honestly, thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've just loved this. I feel like I um, am just like chatting with a friend. So it's been great. As always, thank you for listening to this, my seventh episode of Running on Optimism. I really had a wonderful time chatting with Kristen. If you want to know more about Paper Trails Greeting Company or about Kristen, you can uh, check out her website is on my uh, show notes, as well as her Instagram um, if you want to follow along with her story. And as always, please uh, like what you hear, let me know, want to hear something different or want to chat with me, absolutely reach out. You can find me on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can shoot me an email. Thank you all for listening and until next time.